0: Food is, at the end of the day, a central part of life. People always say to me, You'll be right, everyone needs to eat. <laughs> and you're like, uh. But everyone can cook at home as well. Would they really want to go out to restaurants and cafes? They
1: will, to the places that bring the soul. Today on Daddy Linen, we are going to dig into the increase. <laughs> I think I'll start again. Today on Dirty Linen, we're going to dig into the intricacies, the joys, the challenges, <laughs> the heartbreak and fun of owning a couple of small businesses, restaurants in Melbourne. Sway Quatch is the owner and founder of Tom Fat in Brunswick and of Bung, an Indian cocktail bar, also in Brunswick, in the inner city of Melbourne. Sway, you, whatever there is to know about running a restaurant. You know all about it, so welcome to Daddy Linen. Uh, thanks so much, Danny. Um, I hope I
0: know all about it.
1: <laughs> well, you must because you can't run a restaurant that keeps drawing in the punters for twenty years without knowing one or two things about hospitality. Um, give us a little bit of the backstory. Uh, tell us about your your businesses and how it comes to be you that's doing them.
0: Um, well, I. I think as, yeah, as as anyone says in hospital, you sort of fall into it. Um, It was something I I always waitressed when I was a student and then um, managed to, you know, and then sort of like stepped up the ranks and became a manager. And then when I finished uni, um, I kind of realised that my major in anthropology wasn't really going to find me a job. (laughs) and so I ended up just sort of staying in in a hospital and then fell in love with a chef and um, I sort of do front of house so we um, decided that like you know we wanted to do our own place and we yeah Tom Fat was born um, that was about 18 years ago and then yeah things happen in life you know we had a, yeah we bought a house had a baby all that stuff and then we decided to open up a second one um called bung in brunswick as well um yeah and that's kind of what we're both doing now
1: still and do you still have that um that demarcation where you're sort of running the front of house and um Dougal. and Dougal is doing the food
0: yeah, so he's always the chef and I um have always just done front of house. Um uh, the role has obviously changed um where we're both um sort of overseeing both businesses, but I he he mainly he does yeah, he mainly just does yeah, looks after Bang and I sort of look after Tom Fat and then also liaison with like my um manager at Bang. Yeah.
1: And tell us a bit about the restaurants. Like, what sort of food offering do they have?
0: Um, Tom Fat is Southeast Asian. So, when we created Tom Fat, um, there wasn't really much in terms of like, um, there was your cheap and cheerful Asian eateries, and then you had your like um, really, I don't know, fine dining version, but even then, not so much. Um, And we thought we could do like a middle of the range you know, um, experience. Um, so offer, you know, cause not a lot of places, you know, Asian places would offer like cocktails and drinks as well. It'd just be mainly about going there and eating the food. So we we're both really into like, um, creating third spaces and, um, creating a vibe and making sure that everyone has a good time and doing it with food and drink. So, um, that was Tom fat. And that was when Brunswick was really not, much yeah there was like maybe a couple of places back then there was like a I think it was a minor place in Green Refractory, but um, other than that nothing else and um, it sort of built yeah like the, the suburb grew and Tom fat sort of yeah grew and, um, and, then the, and then there was Bang which we had wanted to do an Indian place um, so then Bang sort of came about when we were ready for a second place. And we, my only thing was I just wanted to be in Brunswick because I hate traffic. So, and I also just, um, you know, I know and love Brunswick. So it's kind of the market that I understand most.
1: And yeah, so Bang's an Indian place. I've been there recently and thought it was really fun. You know, a lot of um, spice infused cocktails, quite a few snacks, um, lots of shared dishes using a a charcoal grill as well. So a lot of, you know, layered flavours through the food um, and a really fun experience.
0: Yeah, they do a great job down there, the boys. Um, So, Dougal sort of helms the kitchen and then there's Justin and Ricky and um, the bar manager. And um, it's just about, like, I mean, that's hospo. Hospo is about bringing, like, you know, not just joy but, like, making sure everyone has a good time. And that's why, you know, there is that struggle um, sometimes to sort of give and give and because that's all you do, you give. (laughs) Um, and you go in there and you're giving emotionally, you're giving physically and, you know, um, and, and all you do want is to make sure that, you know, everyone walks out the door and, you know, um, you know goes to sleep thinking about, you know, the great time they had, um, whether they know what, why and what that is, um, it doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah. Well, that's interesting. When I left Bang, I definitely felt that, but I also felt pretty excited because I had some leftover beef ribs and (laughs) and goat curry for the next day. So that joy continued. Um, So so Sway, you know, you talk about giving and, um, you know, the, the sort of constant sort of output of hospitality, but I can also tell that you Uh, you you know, you're a clever thinker about it, you know, even just to thinking, well, I don't want to go too far afield because I don't want to be sitting in traffic to get between my restaurants. Like that, I suppose, does show a bit of resolve and strategy. Uh, And I know you're going to have a lot of tips that would help people who, you know, are a little bit fresher to the restaurant game. So, I mean, tell me, you know, some of your tips for new players.
0: Um, Eyes wide open at the moment. I feel because it's really, it's really competitive. Um, I do feel like if you don't know why you're doing it, uh, who your target audience is, um, you know, uh, what your expenses are going to be, what your you know outgoings and rent will be, how to negotiate, all those little things. I feel like it it will be a really tough journey ahead um, because. Back when we opened Tom Phat, um, we were really green and you didn't really have to know much. You just had to have passion, you know. Um, that was before like Chris Lucas and Andrew McConnell and all those like really big players and, biz- and then HOSPO became more of a business, I feel. Um, and so now I feel like if you're, you know, like an, a new person, <laughs> you would, yeah, you'd probably want to just make sure you have um, – quite a lot of experience in the industry first and um, also some mentors just to you know um, get advice from.
1: It's interesting that you mentioned you know some of those prominent restaurateurs who've um, yeah I guess really changed the dining landscape in in Melbourne. Um, I mean do you sort of look back with fondness on those more naive days where you could just, I don't know, paint a room and cook some food and call it a restaurant? Or do you think that there have been benefits to that, I guess, increasing professionalisation of the industry?
0: Uh, both. Like obviously um, it was way easier to do hospitality Without the pressures um, you know of just you know knowing you know you know how to structure price how to build a team, how to keep staff all that stuff like because there'd be an abundance um, of yeah there'd be an abundance of people wanting to work in hospitality there'd be an abundance of um, customers and I guess with Melbourne sort of being a more of a food and sort of drink capital. Um, of the world (laughs) the the standard has raised to a point where like yeah you really do need to know what you're doing to survive because it's just that good in Melbourne Um, and I think that's great as well because that's totally changed the game but it's like challenged me you know like it's made you know it's made everyone step up and it's like um, you, yeah, you can't just open, you know, the doors and, like, you know, just put tables and chairs and go, yep, I'm a restaurant. You, you know, diners expect a lot more and so, you know, you do need to, you know, know a lot more, give a lot more. Um, and, and now it's more you need to have a team, I think. Like it can't just be like, you know, mum and dad type of thing.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, let's talk about some of those relationships and structures that you create in a restaurant. I mean, you've sort of mentioned the feeling that you want to leave your your customers with, but can you talk about some of the other relationships that you build um, within and around restaurants?
0: Well, originally, like, you know, you're always here, like when you're in small business, you've got to learn to let go because, like, if you don't let go, you know, you end up sort of, working in it 24-7 and, you know, no one can be as good as the owner. Like, And the expectation is there because customers will come up to you and go, oh, it's not as good as when you're there. <laughs> and you're like, okay, cool, but, um, you know, I don't know if you want to see me here every day because I'll just be really grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, it's, it's not just letting go. It's, like, making sure that, like, your managers – and then also your staff, you know, down to the kitchen and stay sort of motivated and engaged in the business. And they only do that by knowing that, A, you are motivated and engaged, but also what the business is about, you know, Um, why, you know, we do what we do, not just this like, you know, that old like leadership style. My boss used to be like that, like, Do as I say, not as I do. (laughs) It's now, yeah, it's more now like you got to give the young, you know, the millennials. They want to know why. And it's great because, you know, we're not robots. You just have to, you know, people want to learn stuff.
1: Yeah. So would you say that when you opened Bang, is it four or five years ago, that, it was a much more intentional business in terms of that why um just because you know times have changed
0: definitely everything like i think um some of my core staff that i had like relation, you know relationships with from tom fat um helped me open you know came along with the journey and so they sort of i already had a relationship with justin and so he helps me manage it but it's through that relationship where he's done the journey with me at tom fat because there's lots of highs and lows And for me, hospitality is about food and drink, but it's about people and it's about relationships, not just with your customers, but, you know, with your staff, but also with yourself. Like I've learned so much going through this journey and, you know, at times I'm like, I don't know if I've got any more in me to keep getting pushed like this. But on the other hand, I'm like, you know, it's the thrill. It's the roller coaster ride, you know. You take it because you love it. <laughs> you know, you're because you're addicted, Danny. We're addicted. Like, hospice started back in the day full of alcoholics and, you know, druggies in a way. Like, we, didn't, we were just all, like, creatives that worked in hospitality because it was casual, it was flexible, it was social, but it was really unsociable hours as well. And now it's more of a business, you know, and it's, you know, how do you keep sort of the creative creativity and the passion alive? And I think that's why you've got a team because you've got your financial people and then you've got your creative people.
1: Well, what is it, you know, when it has to be a bit more serious, I mean, what is it that you are addicted to? What is it that keeps you coming back or keeps you engaged? For me, I guess it's the
0: challenge, the the it's like you wake up and you're like okay I've got this and this and this to do but I've also got all these issues I've got to resolve and you sort of you don't think about it it's like don't think just do and I feel like in life it's like that's what it's about just you know you don't have to think about the meaning of life you just do it just do just do something do anything and Hospo keeps me on my feet so much that I don't have time
1: to think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you say that, but I know that you're also about keeping a little bit of balance because without that balance it's hard to continue to be creative. So, I mean, you know, how do you, I won't say strike a happy medium because it's, you know, always going to be a little bit of a scrambly medium, but how do you at least carve out some time for, for creativity and vision?
0: Um, you. Yeah, small business is all-consuming. It is. So if you're going to get into small business, uh, I my advice is make sure it's what you love because you live it and you breathe it regardless of whether you want to or not. It, you, you know, as much as I'm like, I'm going to switch off my phone at 7 p.m. or 10 p.m. or whatever, you can't. <laughs> so you have to be disciplined enough to sort of have boundaries and sort of go, all right, I'm not going to go out with, you know, to this thing because, um, you know, I've, yeah, I've got a full full work of week or something. I don't know. It's a lot of sacrifice as well. Like I think you do, need, you know, it is really, really important to have space um, from the business but also to yourself um, because, hospitality is really social so you you don't see the emotional sort of toll um you see the physical and you go oh I'm really tired I'm gonna have a nap but emotionally you don't know that you're totally drained until you have a meltdown or until you you know and yeah crack it at someone and you don't want to do that
1: yeah that's really interesting I mean that's what happens
0: to a lot of small business people they you know I don't know it's um It's hard for them. It's hard for us, yeah.
1: Well, what sort of, I mean, what do you look out for and what are some of the, like, I don't know, release valves that you can find?
0: I guess I look out for, like, as in, let's say if I'm hiring people, I make sure that there's sort of clear boundaries, uh, Because it's a small business, it is really hard to sort of have that line between professional and personal, Um, especially if sometimes I work shifts with them so they see me as their friend rather than their their boss. So I guess clear communication is really important. So you've got to sort of like make sure they understand that you are their friend but you're also their employer. Um, Mm -hmm. And so uh, therefore when they're texting you about stuff, You have to make sure that, like, you know, there's the neediness maybe. (laughs) Like, you have to know your role. You have to go, oh, I'm not their mother or I'm not their housemate or I'm not their boyfriend, girlfriend. I'm their boss, so there's only so much I can, you know, give or support. And then you just have to communicate to them that, uh, you know, I'm really sorry, but, maybe you know, is there someone else that can, you know? Yeah it's that kind of thing it's really hard because you care about everyone and you care about everything but if you don't look after yourself you don't you won't be able to care about everyone and everything
1: everybody's talking about the staff shortage it's definitely hard yards out there what is it some of the things that you're doing to combat that
0: Oh, staff shortage. Uh, Well, recently I had a chef sort of away for five weeks. She had to go back to Thailand for her daughter's wedding. Um, And I was sort of stressed out about sort of, yeah, filling all the shifts because she was a full-time chef as well. But um, I sort of looked at, you know, I... It was really hard to find a chef and then as time was ticking and, you know, it got closer to the date that she was leaving, I realised that, like, Friday and Saturday were the biggest shifts and I just really needed to fill those shifts. Um, And then um, on the other nights, um, I just have to limit capacity, like, limit my bookings. Um, And also I jumped into the kitchen to learn a little bit of the past. (laughs) So, I sort of, because I thought, you know what, um, I should I should keep learning about, you know, I should keep learning things and challenging myself. So, yeah, I sort of said to the chefs, you know, do you want me to limit bookings or do you think I could be a bit of a help and like jump in to the, you know, the past section where I look after dockets and, you know, do coconut rice? <laughs> And, um, yeah, we did that really for like the weeknights sort of balanced it between capacity bookings and, you know, me helping out a little bit and, um, and getting, um, I used a, a, a an app called SUP, which finds you casual, um, hospitality workers. So I just found, um, a chef to fill the Friday, Saturday nights and paid them loads of money.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's... Is- so it's definitely a, a juicy topic, which I definitely want to keep digging into is um, is SUP and, and other apps like that for those, um, yeah, stopgap uh, stop chefs in front of house. But, you know, I know that a lot of really, you know, talented um, hospitality professionals are basically, you know, f- finding work through that on an ongoing basis. It's a really interesting change to the landscape, isn't it?
0: I, I don't think it's – I don't know. We've used it for a few weeks and I've actually also seen some um, posts on like um, Chef Exchange on Facebook and stuff. And I feel like, look, they're – like everything, um, when like all the sort of international workers come back in and stuff like that, those apps will die because um, – your talented chefs and stuff who go and and lots of money just doing casual shifts it's it's only if they've got a goal and they've got to save money but if they're looking for like I don't know long-term satisfaction or you know anything like that they realize that it's it's hard it's hard to step into a restaurant or kitchen and um not you know know anyone and just you know do a really you know big night and um, like I read a post with a chef saying I've done a few sap, uh, SUP um, shifts and, you know, I get paid a lot but it's not for me. I don't like, you know, people abusing me in the kitchen. I thought that was in the 80s and I'm looking for something long-term or this and that. And I realised to myself, yeah, you know, temporary is temporary. And that's what, that's what you should use that app for because it's just a stopgap and that's it.
1: Yeah, well, I guess there is definitely going to be an extra layer of pressure of bringing someone in on one of your most busy shifts and that they're basically starting from zero. That's going to be a lot for, you know, all sides of the equation.
0: Yeah, totally. And the thing is, the industry will change, and it's always changing. The game's always changing. So, staff shortages—like you know, you know—it was frustrating, sort of, trying to look for chefs and having people throw you know back in your face, being that's not enough money, type of thing. And you're like, whatever. <laughs> like, like, do you want a job that's you know that you're gonna that's gonna give you job satisfaction for like I don't know five years or ten years? Or are you looking for like you know 120 grand now? Which um, once there's more workers, you're probably going to lose your job anyway. Interesting.
1: And um, I mean, I, I think in light of what you were saying later about you know keeping those lines between being boss and friend uh, you know quite clear, it's interesting that you put yourself in I guess quite a vulnerable position of doing a new job for you in the kitchen of running the pass. I mean, how did that go? Like, how was the how was the actual job part of it, and what was the dynamic like? I, I think
0: the, well, I had to ask the chefs if that if that's what they wanted, and surprisingly, they said yes. Um, so they let me in there. I think, I think perhaps they wanted me to see, like their side and like how hard it is, maybe or, or I don't know what. But it turned out that I was like, hey, this is really easy. <laughs> no, no, I was like, you guys should be working harder. No, it actually. Um, made the bond between me and, my sh- and the chefs a lot stronger it, it it already is because i just think the chefs are amazing working hours on their feet you know physically demanding work like in front of heat and then having to deal with like us front of house people sipping drinks and talking and laughing to customers <laughs> um you know so i loved i loved my time in the kitchen um i loved it uh, but i i'm a foodie so I, when I get a chance, do cook at home. So, um, I think the chef was slightly impressed that, like, he could that I understood the flavors. And you know, when he was like, you know, you've got to you know balance out the sweet and salty, and I'm like, yeah, okay. And I just did it. I think he sort of thought, okay, so
1: knows nose, thing.
0: <laughs> That's good. <great>. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, well, I've done this menu for 18 years. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you'd hopefully know a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, So if people aren't talking about staffing sway, they're talking about the cost of goods and just price rises left, right and centre. What kinds of things are you doing to combat um, price hikes?
0: Uh, Look, that's tricky because you sort of go, are the prices going to you know come down at any point and when will that point be so I, I'll i talk to like the meat guy and the veggie guy and I'll be like you know what do you guys think and then you get just totally different opinions oh yeah it's just gonna be six weeks uh, it'll be the till the end of the year and you're like okay <laughs> and then every week I get the bill and I'm like ah, it's not going down and then we sort of tried portioning um down some of our dishes instead of raising the prices but when I saw the portioning down I just wasn't happy I said to the chef, "Now, nah, I I'd rather give them what I believe is you know a proper plate of food and just charge you know because people have to understand the value of uh, you know how much a dish should cost um and so that's the tactic we're going to do. We'll probably raise our prices on some things that we have to and then on other things we'll absorb the uh, the prices and take a loss. And then you just – and then I'm just going to like, yeah, wait it out, you know. Hopefully, fingers crossed, by the end of the year, um,
1: 2023. You So you think – Prices will come down and you also mention, you know, international workers coming back. Do you reckon that's going to happen? Is there going to be a big influx?
0: Oh, uh, look, I, he- I hear with price with prices, I hear it's like not just, uh, it's about the floods and then it's the Ukraine war and it's, you know, petrol prices going up, so transportation getting affected. So I figure to myself, okay, it's just like, you know, a whole load of stuff. Um And surely that's not going to happen again in 2023, um, coming out of pandemic. So I just sort of think it has to be, it has to be better. And if it isn't, it can't be worse because it's pretty bad. (laughs) It's you know we're all we're all like yeah hanging at the moment. So um, and in terms of like workers, if not the internationals, we are going to get new young people. you know, step into the industry and get trained up. So, um, the places that can train um, staff, they're doing it. It's like even at Bang and Tom Fat, we uh, we're going for when we hire, we just go for attitude. We don't go for experience at all. We just train, and I feel like that's part of giving back to the industry as well. If if a business can train staff to, you know, yeah, you know, to um, to stay in hospitality and um, that's what we should do
1: yeah that's so great, and are you finding you know you're getting applicants and people with the attitude that you think they need to to, to-
0: yeah they're just all they 're just all really young people that haven 't you know it 's their first job, <laughs> and we just like you know we just like um give them really 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 easy tasks like all you have to do is polish cutlery, start with that. And then, you know, once they get comfortable with that, it's like, okay, now you might go and, you know, um, wipe a table down (laughs) and reset. It's like, I mean, a 16-year-old with the right attitude can be better than like a 28-year-old who's over hospitality.
1: Yeah, well, sure. I mean... As a diner, you definitely want to have that, you know, upbeat, welcoming, friendly feeling. Um, yeah, skills dispensed with uh, with a bad attitude don't make anyone feel good.
0: No, like, I mean, you know, we find the young staff are, like, totally happy as to come to work and appreciative and they'll polish that cutlery like it's gleaming. <laughs> and then, you know, you, you can ask, like, you know, an old school, you know, hospital person to do it. They wouldn't want it to, you know. It's like they just want to talk to customers or something, and you're like, mm, "There's more to work."
1: <laughs> yeah, really interesting. Well, Sway, what is it that you love about what you do? What is it that that keeps you coming back every day? Um, I love the journey. I
0: yeah, I love the journey. I feel like it's really rewarding. Um, be, you know, there's highs and lows, but. When you, when you get something right, when you nail something, when you resolve an issue, when you, I don't know, build a team and everyone's really happy, um, it's great. The feeling is amazing and, you know, and the lows, you've got to have the lows to appreciate the highs. And that's li- to me that's life. So I live my life every day through work. Work is my life and, you know, my life is work. But that is on the other hand, yeah, like you've got to be you've got to be a, the type of person that enjoys hospitality or small business because it is consuming and there's like lots of mental health issues if you yeah, if you if you don't like, you know, if you don't love being challenged or something. Yeah. Like if you love if you love job security, don't go into hospitality. Like if you love annual I don't know like yeah annual leave where you're like I get six weeks off of this or that oh I don't know it's going to be hard pressed to find a job that gives you you know like maybe going to teaching or something I don't know but if you love you know figuring out you know figuring out problems and if you love people <laughs> um, talking to people I love it's like you I'm sure that's what you love about sort of Being a food writer,
1: not just the food, but it's the stories. You know? It's definitely the stories and the people. I love food. I love food, but it's the people that, you know, bring it together that keeps me coming back, absolutely. And
0: that's the thing. And food is, at the end of the day, the central part, a central part of life. So there's like, you know, historical stories, cultural stories, you know, there's. uh, it's just um, I think food is that central thing. Like people always say to me, you'll be right, everyone needs to eat. <laughs> and you're like, uh. but everyone can cook at home as well. Would they really want to go out to restaurants and cafes? But they will, I think, to the right, you know, to the places that sort of, um, I don't know, bring the soul.
1: I don't know. That's way, you know what I reckon. I reckon you got a job as an anthropologist after all. i feel
0: like my i feel like my uni studies actually really helped me with hospitality um because i when i sort of started on the floor i just get people regularly coming back because they'd want to like fill me in on their lives and i was truly i just loved i loved hearing it, I, you know, even at Tom bit people were like, oh, I got proposed here, I had my first date here and, and this is my 15-year-old now and I'm like, I love it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's really special. Definitely anchoring a community and being, you know, a special part of people's own journeys. Um, Sway, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. So many, like, practical tips but also some really, I guess, yeah, heartfelt stories and insights. So, yeah, I really appreciate you bringing, bringing it all to Dirty Linen today. Thank you. Uh,
0: thanks for the opportunity, Danny. Um, yeah, um, I hope, yeah, it helps someone out
1: there, I guess, yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you. This is Dirty Linen, and I'm Dani Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This